Welcome to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and joining me as always, Mr. Doug Christie. What's up, DC? How are you, sir? I am well, thank you very much. Good to see you. I'm good. I've been on the phone a lot, Doug. Like, I've got a little bit of a raspy voice. The smoke is finally clearing <laughs> up, but, uh, but the phone calls, the phone calls have been coming strong for the last, uh, I don't know, three or four days. Um, the Kings have a new, uh, a new general manager. And yes. uh, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I really like it. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Monty McNair, uh, the Sacramento Kings new GM, which is also the head of basketball operations, basically uh, they're doing a general manager in the same way that the Houston Rockets do a general manager with Daryl Morey. Um, every team has different titles. Every team has different things, but uh, what are your initial thoughts? Um, you know, I, obviously I don't know Monty, but I've uh, done some research. And I, I think the one thing, um, Ham, and I know that you've probably even done more research and talked to more people and that I find most intriguing is they say that Monty is actually, because I, I understand analytics and I use analytics more as a tool, uh, not necessarily the same way the Houston Rockets use them as like, it is the end all, the end all, and this is the way that you do it. But what I found interesting about Monty is he's the guy that actually applies the analytics with the coaching staff and talks about how it can actually apply on the floor and be useful. That is a little bit different. So I don't know what, what Monty, you know, a lot of uh, people who get their first job or GM job, or even not even necessarily first, they just get the, a GM job. They kind of have an idea of how they want to do it. And maybe it's different than where they were at. They were under a regime and different things. So I'm not really sure. I hear spectacular things about him as a person. And when I heard that part about applying it, applying the analytics and talking to the coaches and working with the coaching staff, I find that, find that quite a bit refreshing, to be honest. Yeah, uh, so I read some things on um, Shane Battier was talking about this specific type of thing. Like um, when he was with the Miami Heat during their championship runs uh, with those incredible teams, he, he basically, uh, from what he had learned in Houston from his time in Houston, he was going around talking to players about specific things. Like, look, if you're going up against Kobe Bryant and you understand the analytics of it, that Every time he goes left, he shoots 44% from the field. Every time he goes right, he shoots 59% from the field. Um, it, it really isn't that hard to understand that if you take away his ability to go right, you have a better, a better chance of success. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah, nothing is going to be like the end-all be-all. But that's how, you know, again – the Kings have tried this before. They, they've actually had a robust analytics department. They have a robust one right now, although Luke Bourne is now an, an outside consultant. From what I know, he's no longer within the, the walls of the organization. They still have an analytics staff. But this reminds me of, of Dean Oliver. Uh, Dean Oliver is considered one of the, uh, like the godfathers of advanced analytics. The Kings brought him in um, under Pete D'Alessandro. And he kind of did the same thing. He was someone who liked to get on the floor and discuss and, and talk about how these things, you know, they work in the real world. And so I think that that's an exciting thing. Um, you have a guy who, who basically was with an organization for 13 years. I think we've talked about this in the past. 
some people get a little caught up in that, like, oh, you know, he's only been with the Rockets. Um, but as someone who's hired like a lot of people, Doug, mm-hmm. I, I prefer somebody who's been with one organization for 13 years over someone who hands you an application and they've worked three jobs in the last, you know, six months. And you just know that they're not going to be around for the long term. This is a guy who put down roots, uh, climbed up through one of the best basketball systems in the NBA. Uh, I just saw that uh, one of the, I think the ringer just uh, had Daryl Morey as the second, the number two executive of the year for this year. Um, So, so basically what I'm saying is that like, this is a guy who comes from a winning organization who has had a major say in not just analytics, but how analytics are used. Who's had a major say in uh, drafting and uh, the G league, how the G league has been used. And this is a team that has found some really nice pieces to put around their superstars. Uh, They developed Clint Capella. They, uh, they developed Daniel house. They they've done some really good things. So all of those things make sense to me, Doug. Yeah, I I would, uh, I would agree with you. That is uh, an area not to mention, I mean, coming from Houston Rockets, we've seen it also, there was some connection with the Philadelphia 76ers, that there is an aggressive trade style, might that be a part of what you see with Monty, I think that there's a lot of questions. And you know, my whole thing is developing and defining culture, because that once it's done, everything else kind of falls in line, you know, if players aren't of the same ilk that go with your culture and go with the way and style that you play, then obviously if one of these kids is doing his own thing and you kind of move on in a different direction. So uh, those are things that need to be defined. I think with the press conference, once Monty gets his feet set and what have you, uh, not to mention Joe is uh, still in, involved in that whole situation. And uh, I had said to Jason Ross on the radio, out of all the, the participants, or applicants that were looking at the general manager job. Joe was the only one that had actually done it to the level of championship uh, grit. So how that combination works, we don't know. But these are all things that will be defined in days, weeks, months to come. Yeah, the Joe Joe Dumars thing is interesting. Um, He was part of the, the conversation the entire time. He, uh, he was in on interview process. Uh, I, I've talked to people who, uh, who are actually in the interview process who have said, yeah, you know, like Joe D is great. You know, it was nice to meet him. You know, it's a hall of famer. He's a, uh, a great ambassador for the game. Um, I, I think there is going to be, there is a certain amount of, of fans out there that um, were shocked on what is it? Today is Friday. So they were shocked on Wednesday night when the McNair's uh, McNair news broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the Kings finally confirmed it on Thursday morning, super early, uh, not only were they, uh, again, shocked that, you know, the Kings had found their guy McNair so quickly, but also that Joe D has a, a new title and he will be around and he will be part of, uh, they say basketball, business, entertainment, expansion uh, of properties, all of that stuff, real estate. Uh, but he's still going to have a say in the basketball side. So, I mean, I think that should be slightly concerning uh, if it if it doesn't work, if if Monty isn't given full run. Everything I've been told uh, just by doing my research from outside uh, is that the Kings basically have said, like, look, you will make all the, the decisions on, ba- on the basketball side. So that means 
he should be deciding on the fate of assistant GM Ken Cantonella. Uh, although I, I did see something today that does sound like Ken will probably be retained. Um, he'll make the decisions on uh, what's going to happen with Luke Walton and his staff. Although again, um, I think that there's already a path that started there and maybe this isn't the off season that they'll make a move. Maybe they'll, they'll see how he works with money. Um, although again, like all of these things are up in the air. I think uh, from what I've been told, he was told he could hire his staff, hire his people. And, um, but I also, I, I think that there's possibility that he's not going to be able to hire people from the Houston Rockets, that part of him getting out of his contract in Houston to come here was that he wouldn't gut their system. Uh, he wouldn't mm. go around and handpick his guys and steal from, from the Rockets. Uh, but, you know, again, Daryl Morey has said nothing but rave reviews about this guy the whole time. Um, and that's a good thing. I mean, again, you've brought up the Joe Dumars angle quite a few times that, look, if Joe D is a the guy, then, you know, he's, he's got a really good pedigree. He does. I mean, he is a guy yeah. who, who took a team to, uh, you know, what six straight Eastern conference finals, um, yeah. you know, did he, was he perfect? No, but no general manager has ever been perfect. There have been plenty of players that haven't worked out at all in the course of, of you know, time in the NBA. Um, but you know, I think this is, this is the path that they've, they've chosen and, uh, we're going to have to wait and see. You, you can't just, yeah just throw a guy in and say, okay, let's rate this because that, that's not going to work, you know, and I've had, we'll get to some questions from fans here in a minute um, because I, I, I'm going to do a mailbag. I'm finishing up a mailbag here on Friday um, from questions from a lot of Kings fans. Um, mm -hmm. But Doug, this is one thing I will say. I think once again, this is Sacramento Kings fans are unique. At least I think they're unique in this because I don't see it everywhere they seem to fall head over heels in love with somebody and we see it in the draft all the time, right? You know, mm -hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's bridges is playing for the Suns, everyone wanted bridges in the draft or you know, it doesn't matter what it is. The Kings fan, a Kings fans tend to latch on to a player or, or a coach or an executive and, Oh, that's who we want. That's who we want. And then when they don't get that, they get extremely disappointed. Uh, and so, I think people need to take a step back and realize that this process uh, was run by an outside firm. They brought a bunch of people in to meet with the Kings and of that group, the Kings made a decision on one guy and that guy was not uh, Sasha and Gupta. And so I think there's some like earth shattering news that he's not going to be here in Sacramento, but he, he also uh, was a guy that most Kings fans had no idea who he was, you know, two weeks before, three weeks before. So, right, right. you know, when they, uh, they start getting behind somebody and then it doesn't go the way they think it's going to go, there's usually this crazy reaction. And I, have you seen that, Doug? Um, yeah, but that's the, the passion of Kings fandom. And that, that's what I love about them is that they are truly, truly passionate. I mean, what we've seen is it's done. We've seen it done a lot of different ways. They've come from the inside. They've come from the outside. Now they've used the firm. So you, you can't say that they weren't exhaustive in their approach to trying to get what they considered the, the best person for the job. The one thing that I do enjoy, and I've, I've talked to Joe a few times is 
I, I enjoy Joe's basketball mind. I have not uh, talked to uh, Monty, and I don't, don't even know if I'll get that opportunity. But the, the point is, Monty comes from a offensive mindset. Joe is a defensive mindset. I think that that is a good pairing. Will it ultimately be a good pairing but in today's basketball I think that you have to play both sides of the floor and that's what we're seeing in your Miami Heat and your Boston Celtics and some of these teams that are left even the Denver Nuggets is uh, offensively you got to think and movement and passing and cutting and all of those different things as I say learn how to play basketball but defensively you have to play on that end of the floor if you plan on competing in this league at a high level so with the with the pairing of the those two on paper, it looks like something that can work and can be something that's highly productive. That's an interesting thought. Um, and you hope that that, that isn't a, like a, a sort of a spot that where they have some disagreements and, and go different directions on, on that specific mm-hmm. thing. Um, because, you know, you get to a draft and you're looking at two guys and it's like one of them's really good offensively and one's really good defensively. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Monty McNair needs to make his own decisions because he's the one that will ultimately be held responsible for this. Um, I, I, Doug, I, I had the pleasure um, of actually speaking to Sachin Gupta. Um, I I had reached out to him on Twitter. Um, You know, he started following me during this process. I started following him um, and he reached out. I gave my phone number. All of a sudden I've got a phone call coming in Um, and we talked for, I don't know, six eight ten minutes um Mm -hmm. first of all what a tremendously nice human being um Mm -hmm. and thorough for someone to to call reporters after the fact after they did not get a job and have a conversation i thought that was uh was very interesting um i do know this i kind of got the sense that number one the whole idea of him and Monty McNair being a tandem. I don't really think that that was pitched to them. Um, and there could be plenty of reasons why that didn't happen. Could be that, that McNair decided he didn't want to be part of that, that he wasn't mm-hmm. going to leave the Rockets to be part of a different system uh, where he would be a number two again. Uh, it could be a whole bunch of reasons, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Why that didn't happen. But um, from what I gathered from the conversation, I know this sounds really strange and blunt, but one guy got the job and the other guy did not get the job. And so Monty McNair got the job. And for whatever reason that is, uh, whether, you know, they just interview went different, uh, you know, we don't know all of the the reasons behind these things, but he had a couple of good things to say. Um, number one, the process to him was spectacular that he had nothing but good things to say about his venture to Sacramento to, to, well, to meet with these people and to have these conversations and to really get to know the people inside, because when you're outside and you hear the things that you hear about Sacramento, sometimes it's chaotic, but he said, that's not what he gathered at all that he thought that the process was thorough and everyone was nice. And the, you know, so that was, that was good to hear. Um, and then I think the other thing was just that him and Monty McNair have been friends for like 15 years and, oh, wow. uh, and, you know, they worked together for five years in, in Houston. And he said, look, this is one of my best dudes in the league. This is one of my, my good friends. Um, if I would have gotten the job and could have hired him, I would have done it. 
he's a guy that I would, he would have been on my, my very short list, extremely high on my very short list of, of number two candidates. If that's the way it went, it didn't go that way, but he's like, I'm just so happy for my guy. And, you know, he already has his job in Minnesota, so it's not like he's unemployed, um, but just uh, a really interesting conversation, just that, you know, the process was good and he was happy with the fact that he was in it deep until the process. And I didn't get the feeling that he pulled out. I didn't get the feeling that, uh, that he was, um, you know, that he would have turned down the job. I, I think he was in it and would have loved mm-hmm. to have had the job. And I, and I also know this, most people around the league thought that he was going to get the job. So kind of uh, a little jarring when it didn't happen, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that's just sort of the, the way the sausage is made. You get to see behind the scenes a little bit that, you know, this was a, a tight race between a couple of candidates. And um, I had someone ask me, was he just the, the last of, of a dwindle, dwindling list of candidates? And that's not what I get from McNair. Like, this is not like the King struck out 14 times and this is the guy they ended up with because they had no other choice. This is a very, very well-respected guy around the league. Everyone, the first thing they say is, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like they love this guy. And so hopefully that translates. Hopefully it translates to someone who can communicate with other teams. They can get deals done. Mm -hmm. They can do the things that you need to do in that position. And they can bring a good spirit to the backside of the Kings organization, the inside of the organization and can help build something. So I'm pretty excited about that Avenue. When I hear the things that I've heard about him, not just from, uh, you know, agents or people that, that he's, but these are people that actually are, are in the industry and say, look, this is a good dude and a very, very smart guy. You know, unfortunately, even locally, Ham, we hear a lot of bad things about the Kings from media and just, just the bloggers and different people, but it's really refreshing. I don't know what's everything that's going on inside of the inside of the Kings, but to hear somebody who was in the process and Sashin to say the things that he said, let you know that it was very healthy. He is respected. He is professional. So for him to say those type of things going away is, is definitely a positive. Not to mention to your point about, is he one of the last? No, you know, people drop out sometimes on their own volition before they are put out because it is a better look for them. Uh, Sometimes that conversation is had and once it's had, you know that you aren't a proper fit. So you drop out for that reason. There are many, many things and most people and most pundits put it initially, all the kings are dysfunctional and all these different things. So it is, it's really, it's a a positive thing to hear Sashin speak that way about the kings. I'm excited to meet Monty. I'm excited to, to watch him go about it. You and I talk about watching the kings arise to prominence and that is all that, as Kings fandom, that is all that you want. Joe, by his side, hopefully that is a, a marriage that truly, truly works. We begin to see these young players d- develop. Uh, if there are moves made, that they are positive, and we start to define what Kings basketball is going forward, Ham. Thank you for tuning in to the Purple Talk podcast. If you haven't already, please give us a rating and review. And, of course, Wendy's has been a longtime sponsor of ours here on the Purple Talk podcast. And right now, Wendy's, when you buy one breakfast favorite, you get another for just a buck. It's an offer so good, you'll want to tell your friends, and they'll want to tell their friends, 
and they'll want to tell their friends, and so on. It's available for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Prices and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. Let's get back to Doug Christie, James Ham on the Purple Talk podcast. Okay, Doug, let's get to uh, let's get to a couple of questions because I I got some good questions and let me see if I can remember where this one came from. Um, I think I believe this is from Lu Fong. Yeah, Lu Fong hit me up on on my email um, and he had a bunch of questions here. And I, I thought, you know, first of all, he, let's see, uh, what made the Kings uh, just key in on six guys mentioned in the coaching in, in the GM search and why not expand the search past six? Um, Doug, I think that one's pretty simple. Uh, there were more than six candidates that were interviewed and that were talked to. Um, but at the end of the day, these were the six that they pushed forward with uh, that they had requested uh, the opportunity to speak with because most of them were employed. Uh, I think right. five of the six were employed. Wes Wilcox, I'm not sure what exactly his role, if he still has one with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so so that's the first question that we can kind of skip through. And also, look, the the Kings gave, they interviewed with, um, with Mike Ford from uh, Sportsology. And they said, like, this is a list of things that we're looking for. And he went out and looked for people that fit the list of what they're looking for, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go out and bring in a headhunter basically and say, okay, this is who I'm looking for. And they come back with like six guys that don't fit what you're looking for. Then, then the whole process is is skewed. You can clearly see the Kings were looking for someone with an analytics background, someone who had, um, you know, had experience with a good organization. They really like Houston Rockets guys. We can see that. Um, so there was certainly a list, uh, but Doug, let's get to the, the questions here. Uh, a few more, uh, is Luke Walton hundred percent safe? Um, and what do you think? Is there, is there a way for a, a GM to walk into a situation where it's not his coach and, and actually, you know, do what yeah. and be successful? Yeah, I, I think there is, especially as as young as Luke is, and this this is only his uh, right after his first year. But I think part of the process, and I don't know because I have never been in there, part of the process of a new GM would be to get to know his coach. And if Luke comes from a similar tree, when you start talking about the Kerr Popovich tree, along the lines of playing basketball the right way, all those different things, analytics added to that. Um, that Yeah, I think it's something that can be done. And right now, this is where uh, Monty probably sits back and not only with Luke, but also the roster and tries to decipher what he has, what he does. And these are when you sit down, you have dinner with Luke and uh, talk about basketball. Do we have some of the same mindset and ideas around the game of basketball and how is deciphered and how it wants to be played. And if that is the case, I mean, I've met Luke, I've, I've talked to Luke, I enjoy conversations with him talking about basketball and different things. I would find it in hearing about Monty, I'd find it hard that they didn't like each other. That's, I have no idea, but I'd find that hard to believe. Now it comes down to the basketball side of things. And Luke has a good basketball mind. We know that Monty does because he's just been hired. How will that marriage work? I don't know, but there is a possibility to answer your question. Yes. 
Yeah, and I'll throw in a couple of wrinkles. Number one, uh, Luke has three years left on his on his contract. Um, the world is in a global pl- pandemic, and firing someone with three years left on their their contract might not be the most prudent uh, as far as fiscally responsible move. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that excludes the Kings from doing that. I think it's, it's, there's always a possibility. We just have no idea. We'll have to let this thing play out for a week or two, uh, maybe a little bit longer and see how that process goes. Um, but I, I think that, you know, there are some other sort of twists and turns that might have to happen here. Um, also, I'm not sure that I know who, uh, you know, one of the cool things about Monty McNair that I, that I've read up on is that um, number one, he went to Princeton, which is amazing. Um, but a lot of these guys, especially a lot of the uh, the Houston Rockets guys, went to MIT, went to Stanford. Went, you know, that's kind of like the they're picking from the cream of the crop as far as college educated people coming through. Uh, when you're looking at analytics and stuff, that actually matters. Um, so, but the other thing I like is that Doug he played football, he didn't play basketball. And he has a different mentality. And I think that that mentality, uh, you know, there, if anyone is out there who, who's played both sports in high school or college, you know the difference between a football player and a basketball player. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no question. I mean, you have some guys that kind of overlap a little bit, but basketball players are, you know, they usually, like over the course of my experience, uh, they don't do the physical training that they play more sport. They don't work out nearly as much. Football players are more physical, uh, you know, just the typical uh, situation. Um, but I, I kind of like that, that he comes from sort of even a different sport, a different, uh, he has a different thought process about how things will be done. And so, so that's another thing that, you know, I think at the end of the day, Doug, they're going to have to get on the same page. And if him and Walton can't get on the same page, if they don't mesh personality wise very quickly, then I think the Kings could make a, a, a change there at the top. But I think we're going to have to let the, that process play out a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And this is a, these were a, a group of good questions um, that I think, you know, a lot of people are wondering um, Doug, Anil Ranadive was part of the interview process. Um, I know that for sure, without any okay. question, um, that he was part of the interview process. Uh, do you have any, um, I don't know, uh, like, is there anything in you like, man, why is Vivek's son there? Uh, because I certainly have an opinion on this, but I'm going to let you handle this one first, um, you know, and, and we'll go from there. You know, no, I, I actually, I don't. And the reason that I don't am is because everything comes to like, we get too caught up in, has this person done this? Has this person done that? Sometimes it's just the fact that I'm comfortable and I am, uh, I feel comfortable with this particular person and I trust their opinion. And when that come, when it comes down to something like that, you cannot speak for anybody else. If that is the person that you trust and you trust their opinion and that makes you comfortable, uh, that, that that is what it is. And that's going to be different for every single person. So uh, sometimes I'm sure that in other interview processes, there are people in there that we will never hear about just because they aren't the quote unquote kings and people don't want to try to decipher it and, and just dig in and try to find something to pick at. So for me, no, I, I'm fine. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think people always said, oh, you know, Peja and Vlade, you know, like what makes them uh, like able to work in a, in a front office? And, you know, I think, again, Vlade was so comfortable with Peja that they were able to have long conversations about different things. Like, look, mm-hmm. I, and whether that works or not, I mean, my point is that your point, I get, I totally get. I'm also going to point this out. Um, somebody is eventually going to own this team that's not named Vivek Ranadive. Uh, and their last name will be Ranadive. Uh, you know, you hope that Vivek Ranadive lives on forever, but most organizations have, you know, uh, you know, family members that are at least involved in some of the process. And I don't know Anil that well. Uh, I've met him a few times, but um, what you have to look at is that eventually either him or, or his brother or his sister, someone else is going to be part of the big picture here. And from what I've heard, he is on the executive committee. So he does have mm-hmm. a voice within this franchise. Uh, just it, it's usually like a, in a different setting. I'm okay with it too. Like if Anil is, is making the ultimate decision, I'm a little like, hang on a sec. This is, this is a little strange, but if he's part of the conversation and like you said, he's part of the, the way you get comfortable and, and all that stuff. And I'll also say this, um, me and my son, just like you and your son have a very interesting dynamic. I am an extrovert. I am all over the place. I can sit in front of a computer screen in my bar and sit here and talk for, you know, three hours straight. That's not my son. Uh, mm-hmm. My son likes to sit back and watch. He likes to listen more than he likes to talk. He is an introvert and there's nothing wrong with that. It, that's one of my sons. I, you know, everyone knows I do have two sons. My little guy is literally like mini me. He's a little redheaded, uh, pasty white, you know, he's my mini me, but my older son, um, you know what, like we contrast well, we can have really good discussions. We share a fantasy football team. We have different ideas. Um, and it's, I think those are some of the things that people just, you can't skip over, like having the ability to have a conversation with someone that you are 100% comfortable with that you have raised that has been, you know, absolutely. It's your family. Uh, that's one thing. Now, again, I don't want him making the decision, the ultimate decision, because I, you know, I don't know that he's been through enough of this stuff and, you know, we're not ready to start over with a, a new owner. Well, I mean, the King shouldn't be starting over midstream here in a, in a thing with someone that's completely green and has no idea what they're doing. Um, I don't know that that's the case with Anil. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't have any problems with it. So that would be my answer to that, Doug. Um, I mean, we're on the same page a little bit there, I, I would assume. Um, let me see if I can get another question. Um, oh, I've, sorry. Will he be allowed to hire number two? Uh, that's from Shane Wood. Absolutely. Um, that is, has always been the case that there will be a second, at least one more uh, person brought in under whoever it was that was getting the job. Um, so that's for sure. Uh, yes, that there will be more additions to the front office. Uh, and let's see. Uh, we talked about Joe Dumars. We talked about, um, you know, the, the power structure I think is going to be interesting. We're going to have to wait and see how that dynamic plays out. That's from Sean. 
Um, you know, when it comes to Joe Dumars, hopefully it's, it's not a hindrance. Hopefully it's nothing but good things. I don't know. I think I, that that's good for questions there. Um, Doug, are you, are you cool with the way that this whole thing is played out? Are you excited? Are you apprehensive? Or uh, we got the draft on November 18th. The Kings now have basically, uh, you know, two months for, for Monty McNair to come in and, and put his stamp on this organization as far as uh, when it comes to, you know, the first draft pick and the, actually Kings have three second round picks, you know, we'll have to see how he maneuvers. We'll have to see how he, how aggressively he searches out trades. Um, right. Are you comfortable with, with the way that this has gone? Yeah. You know, Ham, I'm more half full. And when I look at a player, for instance, I can see what they can't do. And I'm a lot of times, as you know, I think that I can necessarily fix that. I'm more along with long lines of what the player can do. And in this particular instance, I, I am optimistic. I am excited. I feel like, um, you know, the Kings, I thought that Vladimir and Peja did a great job to change around the, the cachet of talent. This has been the most talent that I've seen since I've been here with the Kings, been back with the Kings, excuse me. So from that standpoint, you have something there. Now, how do you massage it and make it into whatever it is that that's Monty McNair and Joe Dumars uh, uh, type of team and under Luke Walton? I'm not sure of that, but I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I want to see something that Sacramento Kings fans can truly, truly be proud of and end with all the jokes. And that doesn't happen ham until you start smacking people around as I've always told you. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't end until you win. That has always <laughs> been the case. It, it will end the moment that you start winning and people will stop uh, saying Kings, I think. Um, until you lose in a big playoff game and then they'll say, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Doug, I too am comfortable with what they did here. I, I am excited to get to know a new front office personnel. Um, I, I'm excited to see how they build this thing out. I'm excited to see what his approach is to this off season. It's a crazy off season. Will he trade buddy healed? Will he resign? Bogdan Bogdanovich. I know that Vlade was willing to pay 16, 18 million dollars a year for Bogey. Is uh, will Monty McNair be willing to do that as well? Uh, will he uh, pick up the the non guaranteed contract of Nemanja Bjelica? Uh, will he chase uh, Harry Giles, Alex Len, Kent Bazemore in free agency? Uh, there is a lot. Will they give De'Aaron Fox a max money extension like his people expect them to? Um, the, there is a lot that has to be dealt with here. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it's good that they at least have two months to build up for the draft and we don't even know when free agency is going to hit. Um, and that hasn't been determined yet, but, uh, you know, I, I think this is, this is the start, right? This is the block that you had to get in before, uh, you start building from here and we'll have to see where it leads. Um, but I, I definitely, I, I think that we should at least be, like, all right, this is interesting. This is, this yeah. is a new start. It's a new direction. Uh, a guy comes from a winning program. Uh, he's well-respected around the league. He's well-liked around the league. Um, will he be aggressive? I, we don't know, Doug, until he gets his own show, which now he has, how he will react and how he will sort of develop his own style. And so I'm excited to see that process. Absolutely, man. Go Kings. I can't wait. Do you have any final thoughts? 
No, man, I, I think that this is a, a new path for the Kings. Um, as I mentioned, you got your offense, you got your defensive minds. How do they mesh? And draft is coming. There are a lot of things on the horizon that will start to define what I've always said is what is the culture? What is it? When you open your eyes and you look at it, you know that that's Kings basketball. That's right. We're searching for that culture. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Purple Dog Podcast on NBC Sports California. I'm James Ham. He's Doug Christie. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you very soon. Okay.